to Universal After Dark, a universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Hi and welcome to this week's Universal After Dark. I'm your host as usual, Buster Mike, aka Amanda, and I'm joined today by one of my besties, Nick. You kind of have to be. I'm kind of like the co-host. <laughs> but what I love is this professional uh, changing voice. I yeah. did notice that there. You're like, oh, let, <laughs> let, me, let me know when we're live. And I'm like, okay, now. And then, hi, welcome to Universal. Because <laughs> usually I'm like, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I'm like, hello. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. No, it's very good. And, again, demonstration of how professional uh, you are. So, Thanks. <laughs> well, you're, you're more than welcome. Or my split personality. Well, that as well. <laughs> um, we're going to try and get uh, Ryan is supposed to join us as well, but he's having some audio issues, so he might join in a little bit. But um, it's going to be a quick show ish. Quick show for us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be too long one, but it'll still be like an average podcast length for normal yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and also, um, there is supposed to be a rumour that I'm talking to somebody about. And if it's worked out, that'll be going into the end of this episode. So you're going to have to wait in. I'm not going to discuss what the rumour's about, but you'll have to wait for it. So you have to listen to the whole rest of this episode before you hear the rumour. But it will be worth it, I promise you. Promise tea you. time with Nick. Yeah, spilling the tea. Speaking um, of tea, what are you drinking? Mm. Good shout. See um, that profesh. Well, that, you've learned so well. You've learned so well. Um, I have got a bottle of Bex. Oh, love it. Blue. I am being um, a good a good girl because I was, I was at a Christmas over the weekend and I was real drunk. So I am drinking um, St. Helier passion fruit. It's like a black version of oh, San Pellegrino. I've seen it. Yeah, I've yeah. had the orange one. I didn't, I've not seen any other flavours, but... Hmm, it's so nice and like a quarter of the price that I like it. Oh man, I hope it comes <laughs> down south. Um, and Ryan, yes. what are you drinking? I am drinking a Starbucks skinny latte, no added sugar, lactose-free. Wow, that was the most basic white girl drink I've ever had. <laughs> Ryan know, is right? the most basic white girl I've ever met, so... I'm back with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh. Okay, so I'm going to hit you straight away with some news. After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.hhnunofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Because this is something that I am excited about, but also kind of a little bit torn about whether or not I have to do it. So... Universal this week held their very first marathon in the epic character race. Hang on a second. They had their first half marathon, right? Okay, half marathon. I'm not a runner. I don't don't know these terminologies. 
there's a big difference like half the length i mean look, it's a half <laughs> marathon a half marathon is still like 13.1 miles what? Or, yeah 13.1 miles so that's still far but let's not get it twisted right it's not 26.2 <laughs> that's a marathon okay well now that we know bonnet terminology is they had a race around the park so they had two different ones they had a 5k and a 10k so i guess neither of them were a half marathon either <laughs> no <laughs> i just lied i just lied to all of you i'm so sorry oh my god so i, I did a five and a, i did the five and 10k at disneyland paris but okay. they, also, they also do a half marathon and p-dubs did that because he's hardcore i didn't think i'd get i didn't think i'd get fit in, in time enough to do it um but but saying that, I mean, five and ten k. If you're not like running, if you're not a runner, it's still like a fair distance. You know? Well, I had a little look at that, so I'll cover the maps in a minute. But I'd like to say that I'd do it because I feel like it'd be pretty fun to be able to go to all these places around the park with like no one else in there and stuff. But the thought of running in Florida makes me feel sick. <laughs> Like, I actually can't think of any time that I would choose to run unless I'm, like, literally running for dear life from something. Like, the thought of running, I'm like, no, I'm out. Wait, wait, wait. I did a half marathon in Florida. Oh, hang on a second. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. When did you get it? <laughs> when did I get it? Uh, I don't know, five seconds ago? <laughs> Chris Ripley, what are you drinking? <laughs> uh, absolutely nothing. He's drinking up the attention we're about to give him because he's actually like done these races in Florida that we haven't. Yeah. Right. And Why would a nightmare. You do that? Get a medal. I, yeah, bling. Uh, because I was young, dumb, and full of fun. Run. <laughs> full of run. <laughs> Yeah. Run. No, rum, R-U-M. That's what I was full of. <laughs> I feel like if if you lived in Florida and you were, like, accustomed to the heat and you, you did your little runs as your general thing, fine. But us British people... <laughs> well, you know you, know, you hear about those people... That, you hear about those people that die during these events. That would be me. Honestly, <laughs> same. I'd just be dead. Like, 5K I could probably do, but, yeah, I'm not doing a half marathon in that heat. Honest to God, right? No. You can like, anyone can do these if you like want to do them. The half marathon require, requires like proper training, right? Five yeah. and ten k's you don't. And the reason I say that is because the time limits they give you for these races, you can basically walk them. They mm. don't. They don't kind of push you. The half marathon and a marathon they will do because they have got to get things back to normal. So you do have to, I think, I, I don't know what it is in Florida, but certainly in Paris for the half marathon, you've got to do, uh, I think it's 16 minute miles, maybe 15 yeah. minute miles. Um, if you fall behind that pace for too long, they will take you out. Not with really? a gun. Yeah, yeah. Because they have to get it finished by a certain time. How about you just have to prove that you can do one? Um. Well, no, you gotta you gotta continually you gotta like you, you can't slow down from that pace. You've gotta you've gotta keep up. Fifteen minute miles um is is doable for most people. You yeah. still need to do a bit of training for it. But like if I when I used to like when I was training for the five and ten, um 
I would be doing 13 minute miles. So I read that the first guy that passed the finish line for the 5K did it in just over 15 minutes. Bloody hell. Yeah, I mean, 15K is... Uh, how many miles? Five, 5K, wasn't it, you said? Yeah, 5K. Yeah, 5K. Um, it's it, two, two miles? Two point something well, miles? The the map for the 5K is like you start outside, kind of like the back of Sapphire Falls. You run into Islands of Adventure, do the front half of islands, run along the Hogwarts Express track, and then go around the whole of Universal. So well, what they said... It's just like, wow, what? Um, it's, it's no surprise that he, he did it in that time, though, because what they said is that the first person across the line we're going to open Hagrid's for. Uh, everyone <laughs> else, I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so, so 5K is three miles. This, like, this map seems like an awful lot longer than that. Yeah, that, that I mean, to do three miles in 15 minutes, I mean, it's... It's it is doable, but I mean it's quite unlikely. I mean, in in the London Marathon, people like the the people that win it normally do it in just over two hours. So that's twenty six divided by what one twenty. Oh, I can't be right. It's about three minute mile. Well, maybe. Um, so yeah, if you've got somebody, if you've got a professional runner, they can they can probably do. 5k in that kind of time frame because they'll basically basically be sprinting mm. well if i think back to all the times that i've run from aventura to make stay and scream <laughs> i feel like i could do it actually if i can think of all the times i've had to run chasing amanda on an rip <laughs> tour to say poor amanda we're going to the next house but she's queuing up for bud light then i'd probably get a medal as well <laughs> see we're more trained than we thought chris we can do this next year we'll come and for you so what what do the medals look like because i mean that's the big draw for these things is the medals so the medals in a memento let me just find them again one's got shrek on it i know that well, I was really? too, um, like, distracted by the voodoo donuts because they were giving... That's for the people that get disqualified. get the Shrek medal. <laughs> yeah, so there's what... The 5K one is Shrek. The 10K one is a minion and a raptor from Jurassic World. On the same medal? No, two different medals. Yeah, oh, oh, the minion and the raptor. Yeah. On the me. Shrek one, I feel like it's Shrek and I can't really see what the other thing is. I don't know if it's a transformer. It's like pretty blurry. This this is this is, I mean look, I know it's the first time I've done it, but this is where they've gone wrong already. Should have because... been easy. <laughs> no, but it should just be one character. It should just be one mm. character or, or one series. So when I did the when I did the, the Disneyland Paris ones, the first, the 5K was a Marvel race. So the medal was like Thanos' glove had the Infinity Stones. Mm. The, the one, the 10K was Panic and Pain from Hercules. 
Mm-hmm. And I think the half marathon that year was Maleficent's Dragon. And I think if you did all oh, yeah. the races, you'd get like a Mickey Mouse medal as well, which they often I presume, do. I presume that you're not allowed Harry Potter medals because A, J.K. Rowling, and B, maybe, you know, there's no running in Harry Potter unless you're being chased by some kind of monster or Death Eater. Exactly. Yeah, you've got to... You've Can got I just to... say, the original plan before this happened was to have these races at Halloween Horror Nights. Imagine. Seriously, that was the original plan. Now, whether they'll go back to that, I don't know. Well, it, I mean, obviously they've not done it here, but they do zombie runs, right? They do do zombie runs. They do them in Florida as well. Hmm. Interesting. In that, um, what's that big lake just outside Kissimmee? They do one around that. Really? That's the, the Atlantic one. Ocean, sir. The, <laughs> I want to say <laughs> Tahoe or something. Lake Tahoe. Is that the one? I think so. I don't know. Lake Tahoe is a lake. Mm. Could be. Um, have, I mean, I know they've just done it. Have they announced that it will be returning? Um, no, like but also that's not going to be re- um, that's not not going to be returning either. There's just no specific date set yet yeah. the next time. But I imagine so. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, that that is good news. I mean, this isn't awful news, but I like that story a lot. But the one I wanted to bring to the table is the fact that we do have our next result opening very oh, soon. Exciting. 17th of March sees uh, the Endless Summer Resort Dockside Inn and Suites. I um, I kind I'm of staying forgot. there. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm staying there in um, September for Halloween Horror Nights. Yes. Because I, I kind of forgot that it didn't open at the same time as Surfside. Like, I, I knew know. they were opening yeah. at different times, <laughs> but I thought they were opening months apart, not, like, almost a year apart. So that is Yeah, bizarre. same. Hmm. Um, it looks cool. Yeah, I think, I it, think it, it looked... Uh, like, I would stay there, but I like, I like being, like, a five-minute walk away. Yeah, I mean, I will say that Universal are absolutely smashing their value re- resorts compared to Disney at the moment. Okay. The prices, mm. the prices were because basically we were looking at either Disney or Universal. The main reason for the trip is Halloween Horror Nights, so Universal made more sense if the price was right. Right, and the price of of that hotel compared to say All Stars Music is is ridiculous, and it looks like a far superior resort. Hmm. See, this is the thing. You see, Universal did this to go into competition with the hotels on iDrive. So now they're nicking, you know, business share, not just from them, but from Disney as well. I mean, it's win-win for them. Absolutely win-win. It's, it's really, really smart. Really, really smart business. Um, mm. I mean, when, when this kind of all started happening, so when we, um, you know, got things like Cabana Bay and we were told that they were going to build all these additional hotels as well, I thought, they don't need it, surely. Like, why build all these hotels? Especially with having, you know, the two parts and Volcano Bay at the time. Um, But it just makes sense. Because people are always going to flock to Orlando. Absolutely. So, and I mean, not everyone that wants to go to Disney stays at Disney, mainly because of the price. Mm. And if you weigh up, I mean, we were talking on Diz After Dark, uh, the other week about the fact that they're they're putting the, the pricing up on parking, um, 
while you're over there for you, I guess, as well. And yeah. so when you kind of add those costs and your car hire and everything like that, it's probably going to be end up being cheaper for people to get Ubers from iDrive to get to Disney than to stay on Disney property with a car. You say $22. that. So this, this is exactly yeah. the calculation that, that Dan and I made. And it is not only cheaper, but it is far cheaper to do that because you don't have to pay to obviously uh, park at the parks as well. Yeah. So you're saving a fortune. Um, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And also as well, we're talking about a brand new hotel. I, I know, I appreciate that the, you know, especially with, um, you know, both summer resorts, they are seen as like basic hotels, but mm. they are newer than those all-star resorts. Oh, yeah. So and they look a step up from them. For sure. They look a massive step up, yeah. 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 I, mean, I, I mean, I'm not a snob when it comes to Disney hotels at all. Whilst everyone loves things like, um, you know, Port Orleans and stuff like that, I say that Pop, I loved it. I'd quite happily go back to Pop. But there's nothing, like the rooms themselves are very, very basic. Mm. Yeah, I feel like none of the value disney hotels have ever really appealed to me ever like i feel like i would actually rather stay completely off site and stay at them mm. so seeing what universal does with their value hotels like these look like actually genuinely really nice hotels mm. yeah and you know like ryan was saying about the prices like the the u.s rates are 79 dollars a night mm-hmm is the base staying based on a five night stay? You're looking at seventy nine dollars a night. Gosh. What, what are you looking at a Disney hotel? Two three hundred dollars. Yeah. For some, well, yeah. at least for the moderates, anyway. Well, even like the the Hiltons and things that are in Disney Springs, even they're more than that. Yeah. yeah. So, right. So, um, it, it's it's very interesting. Um, I mean, by if, the you, end if you used to. Well, if you used to compare those hotels, I mean, how close are they to Universal? Not far. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, because we haven't, you know, we're going to talk about Aventura in a little bit, but we've not, I think the only person I know stayed there has been Phil so far. Yes. Um, and I mean, the, the, the one disadvantage with these two hotels is the fact that they are over the road, essentially. They're not as mm. easily walkable as a cabana bay, as an aventura, as a sunrise. No, but the thing is, if I was going in, like, May, I would 100% stay there. Because once the park closes, I'd be going and doing other stuff anyway. Yeah. So it wouldn't matter that I was getting, like, a shuttle, because the shuttles are free to the park. It'd take, like, five minutes. But yeah, if and they have free shuttles. Yeah, exactly. I'd be going to Halloween Horror Nights... And I want to be able to just do a five-minute walk as opposed to waiting around for a bus at that time. So that's the only, like, logistic to why I won't stay there on this next trip. Otherwise, I'd be 100% down. Well, we're going to find out what it's like in September? Or yes. October, is it, Ryan? You're going? Uh, I'm going in September, 20, 23rd of September. There you go. So once Ryan's back, we will be able to have a full review of this brand new hotel, which sounds rather good. Yes. And I'm going purely for quote unquote work. So <laughs> I might maybe able to uh, I maybe able to either dial in or record something for the show while I'm out there. Superb. Um 
also, news has not been uh, huge since we last recorded. We do have, after talking about it at length on the last episode, just a very quick bit, we do have confirmation now that Super Nintendo is opening in 2023, uh, Epic Universe, so we do have that. Um, But now onto the most anticipated attraction opening up momentarily in Orlando. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course oh, I don't mean I don't mean Mickey and Minnie. No, I'm talking about the Bourne Spe- Stuntacular. Uh, of course oh, I am. Is it not James Bond? It. <laughs> it, it, it's literally going to be Fast and Furious Part Two, isn't it? Well, it, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Um, mm. They've opened up the shop. Yeah, ruined yeah, it. I, that, that section of the shop. So it's very weird in there because it's half Universal Monsters <laughs> because obviously the horror makeup show enters into that shop as well, exits into that shop. And then it's half the Bourne Stuntacular merchandise. And I've got to say, it's not very spectacular. This is not a crossover that I like. It The, the merch looks very, very odd. Like, I, like Amanda has never seen a Bourne film, no. okay? I have seen all of the ones that um, has been in. I didn't see the Jeremy Renner one, but I've seen all the others. And I actually really like the franchise. And I actually, I mean, I'm a sucker for a stunt show, right? I loved T2, as dated as it was by the time it closed. I love that. I do love a good stunt show. Sinbad was a great stunt show. Mm. You you know, Waterworld is a great stunt show. Universal know how to do stunt shows. And that's what I'm kind of clinging on to with this, is that because they're good at doing stunt shows, I'm hoping this is going to be better than we anticipated to be. I'm excited to see what it is, just because I like new things. Like, and I'm sure that there will be a market for it, people will enjoy it. And it's fine that it's not my type of thing, and it's fine that it's not most of our type of thing. But... I am, I'm still excited to see it. I'm sure that they'll they'll do a good job. And the, and the thing that we've spotted as well is that, you know, they are obviously aiming for this to blow guests away. If it doesn't, the good news is it blows the doors away. <laughs> because uh, I don't know why it was happening, but the exit doors were blowing wide open. Well, they'd be better off doing an Italian job, I think. Uh, stunt show than that. That was rumoured for a while, wasn't it? I remember hearing rumours of a of a Italian job uh, attraction, and what? I think yeah, I'm 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 talking years ago, years and years ago when when they did the the reboot of it back in the early two thousands. There were rumours Universal were going to do an attraction, and it ended up going to one of the other. It, it went to one of the parks that Paramount owned because they own the film rights anyway. Um, and there was like a, I'm, sh- I'm sure I'm not making something. I'm sure it's an Italian job coaster. Um, I could be, I could be making it up. I'm sure I'm not. I'm sure I'm not. And I feel like you found this in the absolute depths of Reddit. <laughs> yeah, I spent, I spent far too long in the, in the pits of Reddit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be what it's going to be, right? It's a stunt show. And therefore, it's going to be something you're going to go and watch. And if you like it, you'll probably go back and watch it two or three years later you're not going to go and watch every trip that's just not what people do with stunt shows so Mm. 
I mean, can I just say, I mean, if, if they were requiring stunt actors, shouldn't they be advertising for them? I well, have not seen any adverts for them. What's we so because it, it still says coming soon. They've released merchandise which suggests that it's gonna be opening up sooner than we think. Right. Now the today show are gonna be broadcasting live from Universal on the twenty eighth of March. Uh twenty eighth of February, sorry. So that's uh this week? Oh, it's this Friday. So they're gonna be as we record this, this could be very dated. Um yeah, so this week the Today Show is gonna broadcast on there. That's usually because something's going on. And then the rumoured release date, uh, its opening date, is the 11th of March. I feel like they have taken the um, stunt performers from Sinbad and put them in it. Uh, do you mean, do you mean, I mean Sinbad on, the genie? Huh? Yeah. You can't use a sword and also know how to wield a pen and stab someone in, in the hand. Come right. On. Ryan, I haven't seen it. I'm winging it. <laughs> I don't know what the frick Jason Bourne does. Uh, I reckon that it's just screens. You don't think it's going to be Surely not. Not at Universal. Screens, screens are cheap. They don't require any social security or any you know wages or anything. Just screens. Next time we tell us it's three D. <laughs> let me read you. Let me read you the press release. The new show will be. Sorry. <clears throat> Uh-huh. Professional voice. I'll try to. The new show will be a cutting-edge, edge-of-your-seat live show that will blur the lines between stage and cinema in a hybrid form of entertainment that has never been seen before. It will contain live-action stunts, pyrotechnic effects, oh. digital media oh. combined to create a show where it's impossible to determine where the live-action ends and the screen begins. <laughs> right, okay, so this is exactly Terminator. That's my audition piece, by the way. Um, I really want to get into voice work. Um, awesome. It is, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, it is. It is Terminator. So, I would, I would hazard a guess because one of the, one of the things the Bourne films are famous for, Amanda, that you don't know, is car chases. Doesn't he? Doesn't he drive one of the new minis? He does drive a mini in the in the, in the, the first, first one, one, I think, through Paris or something. Yeah, yeah. that's so, gonna be the main sequence isn't it i believe in this yeah it would make sense mm. it would make sense yeah. and um you know it's similar to how they have the bike they used to have the, the motorbike come out in t2 i reckon they'll have like a mini that does the same kind of thing mm. so should have done italian job they're doing minis coming yep. this summer <laughs> the action star beginning with b no not that one jason Bourne. <laughs> That begins with a J. That's wrong. Born. <laughs> Born again. Um, Born again. Born. Jason's back. This is Born. only. This is literally a redo of T two, right? In the yeah. same space, they've redid the effects. They've made it a bit more modern. They've made it a bit more current. I'm guessing there won't be a cohesive story. If if anything, I would. If I could put money down on this, I would bet it is just certain scenes from the film franchise. Oh, no, I think be great. Put it this way. I think what's going to happen is he's going to he's going to crash his mini. We we're, we're going to he's going to have some kind of near death experience and then it will be born again Christian. 
Wow. They would love that. <laughs> they would love that. Hey, it will go down they, very they, well in the south of America. They, they have rebuilt this building to fit the screens in. Yeah. That's why it's taken so long. Yeah. Yeah, the screen's going to be huge. They are going to be huge. Um, or, alternatively, what they could potentially do is, um, you know, maybe they'll have a frantic car chase of a Mini, and then once it crashes, um, out steps Mr. Bean. And it's actually a big crossover. <laughs> yeah, now that would be worth seeing. There you go. That's the show we all want to see. Um, Fixed it. That, I think... I think that's all I had from news, actually. Amanda, was there anything else from news? Nothing from me, unless one of the guys has anything. Oh, I'm I'm just around for a pre-recording chat. <laughs> Yo, what we got? Who's going first? You can go first. Well, I have a rumour, which is not a rumour, but it is a rumour, but it's, it's not a rumour. Um, <laughs> it's true. It, hang on, hang yeah. on, hang on, so, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, 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 no. We're saving that. Oh, are we? I bigged it up because I didn't think he was going to be on. So I bigged it up. I told everyone it was going to be at the end. Oh, okay. So he's going to be on this episode. You've got to stick around. You've got to stick but around. That means I've got to stay until the end. Don't oh. worry. The end's not going to be very long. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Hurry up, Ryan. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, so the secret life of pets off the leash is opening at Universal Studios Hollywood on March the 27th. And it's going to have 64 animatronics inspired by the Secret Life of Pets films. Cute. <laughs> I mean... Oh, rides, the rides you never knew you needed. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'd actually really enjoy Secret Life of Pets. Have you not seen the films? animatronics? No. Um, well, they, so, so I thought this as well. I thought animatronics, come on. Come on, this is they aren't gonna be animatronics. Be like the Furbies. But <laughs> in the press release I've got, it does say it does I'll be honest, it starts off badly. It says from blinking eyes to eye and eyebrow movements, from head tilts to head nods, from moving mouth to smiles, from ear curls <laughs> to lip curls, from full torso <laughs> twists to physically walking. The depth of mobility and function programmed within each of these lovable characters creates an experience unlike any other theme park ride. Who wrote this? <laughs> the same people happening? that in the press release leaked out the fact that Walking Dead was shutting but coming back for Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. That's <laughs> true. Um, um, so, so that's opening March the 27th. Uh, it is actually going to be a ride, so, you know, at least you're... Ooh. Writing something and seeing your animatronics. I've seen both the films because obviously, why? How could I've avoided it? Um, they're fine. They're, they're they're not bad. Um, I mean, they're not my favourites. The first one, I think, is better than the second one. Um, the second one has the honour of being um, one of only two films I've ever fallen asleep at the cinema to. Uh, the other one was Birds of Prey. If you're interested. Um, it's they're fine. They're they're funny enough. They they they're those kind of films where they're obviously aimed at kids, but they've got enough jokes to kind of keep the adults entertained as well. Um, this is it, right? Fine. This is a kids' ride. It's going to appeal yeah. to to families. And in terms of where where it sits within the park, it's opposite Despicable Me. I think it's I think it's going to go down really well. 
it's it's got to open in Orlando, and I'm assuming it's not been announced for Orlando yet because maybe they're working out where to stick it, whether it's going to be in the main park or whether it's going to be held back for Epic Universe. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be it. What and then the other bit get. of news. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, what I don't really get is why do they keep throwing money at Universal Studios Hollywood? Their attendance is pretty much static. It doesn't jump up like what Orlando. Keep building stuff there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? No one's yeah. rushing to go there. Yeah, I mean it's it's in a funny location, right? That's that's the problem. Like where Hollywood is, it's not really near anywhere anything else. No, I mean even Disneyland is probably an hour or more in traffic away. And you've got Knott's Berry next to that. So people that are going to be doing the theme parks are going to be spending their time that part of LA, not where Universal is. So, yeah, it, it does seem it does seem weird. Because mm, they do, they keep... I mean, they're doing... I mean, uh, Nintendo World will open there before Florida, won't it? Um, they've not announced it, but bearing in mind that they've announced 2023 for the the Orlando version because of Epic Universe, then yeah. Yeah, I can't I mean, see I can't it will do. That. I mean, I can't see that. That'd be crazy for them to 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 open it stateside in Hollywood before Orlando. No, or what? any theme park something. at all. They are doing something because they're clearing land again, aren't they? Yeah, and I mean, you know, the thing is, normally what you, I mean, look, you said it, Ryan. They opened up Harry Potter in Orlando, like what, what was it? Three years before Hollywood. Hmm. So two years, like, you know, yeah, but I think I guess Hollywood's the bigger. Uh, sorry, Orlando's the bigger tourist destination, isn't it? Yeah, mm. I mean, yeah, but I mean, there's no reason they couldn't have done them both at the same time. They did oh, yeah, yeah, like sure. that because they wanted to see how popular it was going to be if it was going to be as popular as they thought it was, and then they kind of rushed it through, and that's why it oh. only had one attraction. All I'm saying is that Orlando's got all these hotels to fill. Um, why don't they just concentrate the expenditure there and just leave Hollywood? Because Hollywood's attendance is not jumping up in massive steps like Orlando is. They haven't got the hotels in Hollywood. But they're really under pressure because there's loads of filmmakers want to use their backlog. So why keep throwing money after Hollywood? Agreed. Spend it in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, other than the back lot, there is no reason to go to Hollywood Universal. No. No, I agree. No. Hey, um, that's it for news, isn't it, Amanda? That's it. I, for have, news. One more, I have one more thing. Sorry. Go on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bloody Columbo. <laughs> Just one more question. <laughs> it's it's Epic Universe related, so I don't know if you know if I can if. If I'm stepping on anyone's toes, but nope. mm-hmm. apparently there's going to be at least nine rides. Um, mm-hmm. This isn't officially confirmed yet. So they, to put that into perspective, that's as many as Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios, and one more than Animal Kingdom. And apparently there's more. There's more on the radar, um, and the team are really going to town on the d- design of the the park. And they reckon it's going to be in terms of design and architecture 
it's going to be comparable to the Tokyo Disney Sea, which is obviously wow. out there as one of the most beautiful theme parks on the planet. Wow. That that would be an absolute coup. Because if there's one thing that people bitch about, it's the fact that the most beautiful Disney park is in Japan. Yeah. So if they try and make the most beautiful theme park like land in America a universal one, that is going to really rock the boat. Is that why Magic Kingdom just had a castle repaint? Yeah. <laughs> Throw some gold on it, that'll do, won't it? <laughs> that'll keep the punters coming. <laughs> well, I reckon it's going to cost over $6 billion as well. Yeah, but isn't that just how much it's going to cost to license um, the Harry Potter hotel? That's, that's just Harry Potter and Nintendo, isn't it? Yeah. That's it. That's it for me. Right, in that case, we better go and have a look at some news from outside the parks. Hello, this is Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel, proud sponsor of the Universal After Dark podcast. Interested in a Universal vacation? I can help you find the best deal for your family. There are tons of options at Universal, and I can help you choose the best ones and help build an itinerary to help you maximize your time there. I make the plans, and you make the memories. Contact me at Wendy Prater at MagicalJourneysTravel.com. Okay, guys, I need to love you and leave you, so I am going to leave you in the capable hands of Nick to talk to you all about Aventura, which is my favourite hotel, so Nick, you have to do it justice. Oh, Jesus. Like, nothing about <laughs> pressure. Um, I'll, I'll lock up, and I'll just like leave the keys under the door, if Thank that's you. all right. You make sure that you feed Chris Ripley some rum. Yeah, of course. No worries at all. Thank you. It's not a problem. Not a problem. Okay, sayonara. (laughs) Sayonara. Cheery bye. Good, thank God she's gone. Oh, and we've said this year that we are going to be looking at the hotels. We've already spent quite a bit of this episode actually talking about hotels more than I was expecting. But um, we were going to focus on the hotels around the Universal Resort area. And we were starting off with Aventura. And the reason for that is that is one of the newest hotels. And it's also where uh, myself and Amanda um, stayed last year for Halloween Horror Nights. In fact, everybody that was on the podcast that went out for Halloween Horror Nights stayed there. And some of our listeners did as well. So not in, not in the same room. That would have been ludicrous. The rooms aren't that big. Um, but... Um, yeah, so I've been, so I can talk about this hotel, but Mr. Ripley, have mm. you actually like gone into Aventura yourself to have a look around? Are you telling me there's more hotels than just the Hard Rock Hotel? Well, I, I, there's, there's a, there's a rumour. There's a right. rumour, yeah. Right, so no. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and Ryan, I know you spend predominantly all your time at Disney. On, on Disney property in terms of, uh, you know, where you stay. So have you actually, like, ever gone and had a look at the hotels around Universal? Yes, I've stayed at um, the Hard Rock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and Aventura was on my list for this year, but uh, we got such a good deal on end of summer that we decided to, to book there. So... It saves a few pennies, why not? Exactly. In short, yes, I have been around some of the Universal Hotels, but not Aventura. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so Aventura, um, 
17 floors. Um, it opened up in, in 2018. Uh, 600 rooms in total. Um, 338 of those are standard double queens. Uh, 54 standard kings. 139 double queen skyliner views. 42 deluxe double queens. 14 deluxe king. 13 kid suites. And 49% of the rooms are connecting. Ooh. There you go. Um, this is one of those new spangled hotels where they give you like an iPad to control everything. And it works pretty well, to be honest. You know, you can control the TV, fire it, you can turn the lights on and off. It's it's pretty good. Change the temperature, all the room service, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's fine. Um, free Wi-Fi as well. Um, and you know, lots of kind of like dining bits and pieces, and um, we'll, we'll talk about those in more in more detail. Um, and it, as it's one of the hotels on property, has a Universal Studio store as well. Um, in case you and I, to be honest, I always kind of mock these things, but I actually used it on my last day because there was some merch I forgot to pick up before I left the parks, and I thought, oh, before I go all the way back, have, have they got it in the shop? And they did. So nice. actually, it was quite useful. Um, and a Starbucks, which I know can actually make or break <laughs> for some people. Um, it's it's a very unusual shape, is Aventura, because it's uh, it's kind of like split into three. So you get in the middle, and then you can go in one of three di- directions when you go up uh, to the hotel floors. They're just long corridors, um, so it's it, it's quite it's quite funky. Um, they also have robots roaming around. What? Yeah. Are these the ones that come to your room. Yeah. Yes. What? Yeah. These are very these are very odd things. So when when uh, myself and Clegg, uh went and checked in, there's a big open lobby when you get into the hotel. Um, mm. and that's where you check in and that's also that leads you to like the dining area and everything like that and um, they had these little things that looked a bit like dustbins just moving around and I just I just assumed they were like remote control bins if I'm honest but they're actually robots and um, they have commands on them sometimes so sometimes it might say um, do you want a, do you want a free suite and if you press yes its what? head opens up and you can take a sweep. But equally, I mean, if you've been smoking, I mean, what is this true? This, honestly, honestly, gone. <laughs> and at one point, um, I think, I think we need some loo roll or something. So, oh, I wonder where you're going. There. Piss off, piss off. <laughs> so, um, on the tablet in the room, we uh, we called down and, and asked for some toilet roll. And they said, I will send a robot up. And they did. What? So it's like, you know, hey, Mr. Branch, may I please wipe your ass for you? (laughs) It's got no arms. So I would would hate to think how it would clean you. (laughs) One spray or two, sir. (laughs) (laughs) So, as I said, these things almost resemble bins when you first look at them. But they've got quite a... When, when they open their head up, they've got a lot of storage in them. So they will bring towels. They will bring uh, toilet roll. Um, 
drinks if you if you have wanted drinks and and this oh, is true God. you can get your shopping sent up to your room by a robot they will put the bags in the robot and they will send it up to your room and will they do your outside. cheeky pizza at one o'clock in the morning no because uh, the guy that brings them is worth every single penny yeah well we'll talk about that in a minute actually because mm. that's some of the pros and cons of this place. So that's one of the the quite fun quirks they have is is these robots. They are hilarious. Um, in terms of dining, they have uh, the urban pantry, which is um, like a like a big food court really. And there's like a sushi bar, there's a pizza bar, uh, somewhere to get burgers, sandwiches. The 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 pizzas they've got like a big uh, wood fire oven. I think it was wood fire. It looked like a wood fire oven. It could have been gas, but it looked it, it was a proper pizza oven, is what I'm saying. Um, the food is pretty damn reasonable. Uh, I think my pizza cost about ten dollars, and it was sufficient for one person after a long day in the parks. Um, it's it wasn't a huge pizza, but it filled a gap. Um, you know, I, I wasn't left hungry afterwards, but mm. you'd probably need two. You'd probably need one per person. Um, mm. They did, I think they did the Impossible Burger there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's what Craig had. Um, oh, it might be Moving Mountains. And he, he had a he had a vegan burger from the from the burger place, but they got sushi and all that. Now it's really good, but during Halloween Horror Nights, and I think throughout the year, it closes about eleven o'clock. So I only got there one night when it was still open. But they do have um, stands that they put out about half past 11 in the main reception, which sells snacks, drinks, and pizza. So you can still get hot food, even though the actual kind of catering restaurant has shut for the day. So... Um, and they also do refill drinks. They've got like the freestyle machines. So you pay a fee for a cup and then it lasts for so many hours and you can you can get as many drinks as you want, uh, effectively. Okay. One of the things that stands out with Aventura, one of the big things they kind of picked up when they were opening up was uh, Bar 17 Bistro. And that is a rooftop bar. 17 floors up. Um, you get to see, well, we actually got to see illuminations from it. At least the fireworks bit anyway. Um, you get like a really nice view of Orlando. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's quite impressive. Um, big bar. The drinks were not too bad at all. I think we were paying about $8 a pint. Sweet. For beer, so it wasn't it wasn't too bad. It's not terrible. No, and they had happy hours, and you could have cocktails as well. And yeah, it, it wasn't it, it was much cheaper than I expected it to be. If I'm honest, um, it's a bit of a nightclub in the evening. So I obviously I was there with um, old people, uh, Craig and Stuart. So it was a bit loud for them. <laughs> uh, so I mean, uh-huh. in, in in their defence, like. <laughs> It was a party night. It was Saturday. You know, people there kind of like dancing and stuff like that. You what time's open till? Uh, 
I think it's open until two. That's that's kind of one like an objective of mine that I've never done at Universal. Something that I'm, is on my list for September, and that's to to stay out until two three in the morning, just getting absolutely rat assed. Well, you can do it as City Walk. Um, that was my plan. Easily. Yeah, you can do it at City Walk. That's quite easy. Um, so I'm not sure if it's if it, it's somewhere between one and three. I'm almost certain, but City Walk closes about two or three o'clock of a weekend, especially during Halloween Horror Nights. So it's very doable. Um, we didn't close out the parks last time we were there, but we had done before. Um, and yeah, people do get very drunk. Um, but yeah, it's it's not the kind of place you could go to if you wanted a sociable drink where you wanted to talk because the music was so loud. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was nice. It was fun. We were just a bit knackered. Um, so it was a bit much, but it, you know, it, it's cool if that's what you want to do. Um, they also have Bar Soul, S O L, not 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 our soul, Bar Soul. Um, this is the poolside bar, so um, you know, like most of the hotels on site, it's got its own pool, quite a big pool. Um, it's it, the pool's fine, um, they're not as interesting as um, Cabana Bay's, but they looked fine. We didn't, I didn't have time to go in, so I didn't really you know, spend much time there. But we did go for a drink at, at the uh, the pool bar, and I think it was $25 for six bottles of Bud. So you got like a bucket of Bud. So again, I, I, I'm, too bad. I mean, I'm, that's that's not bad, but I'm very much of the opinion that they should just be giving that bill away for free. <laughs> they had a few choice, had a few choices, but that's what Craig went for. Um, Any Ronies, Coronas? I, I yeah, there must have been. There's always Corona everywhere. I'd be very surprised if there wasn't. Um, I, that's another challenge I want to do. See how many bartenders understand the term Rony when I'm asking for a Corona. I mean, I I think the answer should be zero. If I'm honest. <laughs> It should be, it should I mean, be everyone. No. I mean, if you're asking for a corona in this day and age, you're going to get something completely different. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> going to sneeze in my face. That's yeah. it, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, um, you know, in terms of like places to eat and stuff like that and the atmosphere in, in regards to that, it's pretty good. For me, I prefer the actual theming of Cabana Bay. I just think it's a bit more fun. Aventura for me felt very kind of or very clean, which is obviously a good thing, but almost too slick. Like mm. almost almost like too trendy. Like it was aimed probably a, a younger guest. I mean, this is a family hotel, but it, it felt more like a, a an adult's hotel. It didn't feel um, as friendly and fun as like, you know, some of the others. I, I have a question. Um where is it, and can you walk to the park from there? Very good question. I'm glad you asked that, because uh, that was the next thing I was going to mention. Um, mm. They have the shuttle buses, obviously. Um, it mm-hmm. takes about 10 minutes. Um, it's not on the lake, so okay. there's no bus. Um, uh-huh. You you can walk it in... <sighs> How did it take me? Um, between 20 and 30 minutes. Wow. It's, so you, you kind of walk the same way as you go to like Sapphire Falls. So no. you, you sort of go walk down 
you walk down to the main road along the main road yeah so you know um you know if you take the exit out of city walk where margaritaville is yeah yeah and you've got that kind of like that that really big garden pass that's kind of take you to like the hotels across you know you walk past the lake yeah where the boat is going you you go down that route effectively right so but it's 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 right at the end of that so i think a bit of a trick yeah i think if i remember rightly the entrance to aventura is directly across from cabana bay right okay yeah you've got that road in the middle um Mm -hmm. i found it harder to walk to than cabana bay because of how dark it gets like it's, some of it's not particularly well lit um no and signposting can be very hit and miss so i did get lost a few times walking home um and the other thing i learned and this is a good li- lesson for you ryan as well i on the last night everyone had abandoned me at halloween horror nights so i lost a man i don't know where she was um the boys went home early so and i but i didn't want to go home so i was like i'm gonna just go do some filming just just chill out by myself and it was it was great because it was probably the first time that holiday i'd had any time just alone it was quite nice yeah yeah but on the way back i thought i'm gonna go and get a fat tuesday now for those who don't know fat tuesday are alcoholic slushes Mm -hmm. i didn't realize and they've got like a kiosk by the it's by the boat station isn't it it's near the boat station I think it's around there. Yeah, it's, wasn't, it's wasn't um, Fat Tuesday the name of one of Sid James's wives in Carry On Again, Doctor? It would not surprise me. Mm. Uh, I can't confirm or deny that because I don't have that information mm. in front of me. Mm. Um, but I got one of these very alcoholic um, slushes and thought that would be really nice to drink on my way back to the hotel. That was the plan. <laughs> Um, what I didn't realise is that you can't take alcoholic drinks out of City Walk. Oh, oh what a so, joke. Yeah, so when I got to the security point to get to the hotels, it was <laughs> like, um, where you going with that, sir? And I went, uh, to the hotel. And he went, no, you're not. And I had to down this, this alcoholic Down slush. it, down it, down um, it. Yeah, the <laughs> problem is, like, well, <laughs> see, the thing is, Downing a drink, you know, it's a little bit intimidating at the best of times. Doing that to a drink, which is essentially just ice, was was quite painful. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was getting belly freeze as well as brain freeze. It so was... they they rather rather than you just walking back casually sipping your what what could be just a slush puppy. Yeah, you know, they would rather you down it so you're completely drunk and then end up walking in front of the traffic all the way home. Pretty much. They don't care, you're on property. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, you're still sort of on property. I get <laughs> I what you mean. <laughs> I had to do that walking out of Hollywood Studios once. I've got, I had a whole pint from Baseline Tap House, and they were like, you can't you can't be taken outside. And I was like, challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Done. There you go. And you know what? Just to spot you, I'm going back for another one. <laughs> That'll learn you. Um so yeah so that's that's a good tip um don't because i mean a lot of places advertise you can like get a drink to take away um i was queuing up on margaritaville uh i just thought but there was quite a few people in front of me so that's why i went to fat tuesdays um 
so yeah, they don't tell you that anywhere though, that you can't mm. take it out city walk. So just just be <laughs> just be cautious of that. Um, yeah, so so the walk isn't too bad. As I said, like it's a similar kind of length from Cabana Bay, but doing it at night is is quite hard to do. Now, I did mention there is no bus, uh, there is no uh, boat service mm-hmm, from, mm-hmm. from that property, and that is very true. What you can do though is you can walk just over the road to Sapphire Falls. Okay, and you cut through there, and you can get on the boat because they don't ask you for. Uh, any key cards or anything so how close are the two um it took about five minutes to walk from aventura and to the actual dock oh that's all right so yeah it didn't take long at all you have to go you have to cross the road and it, and it and it's that part of it is um you know there's, there's separate crossings and stuff um and do they run them all night long i don't know about the boats actually we got them we got them if we were trying to get in for um stay and screen right or just in the morning if we just wanted to hit the park early we'd, we'd do that as well um or we'd see if there's a boat there if there was a boat there we'd do it if there wasn't we'd just carry on walking because by the time you actually wait for a boat to come in dock you know mess about get you on go you're not going to save much time um no. but that is another option I said they've got shuttle buses. The shuttle bus takes about 10 minutes as well, depending on traffic. Um, they're fairly regular. Um, yeah. So you've got that. I always like to walk. I, I, I don't know why. I just I just do. So unless the weather's really bad or unless we're in a rush, I, I'll walk. You know, it's, it's five extra minutes from, from Cabana Bay. It's, it's fine. Um, speaking of uh, like pools and stuff around, though, uh, it's one of the hotels nearer to Volcano Bay than you probably realise as well. And uh, there is a kind of side entrance in the pool that takes you out to Volcano Bay. Mm. You kind of skip round. So, because on oh, the... Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, on the last day, I decided I'd go and see how much it was going to cost me to upgrade to an annual pass. I didn't know if I was coming back. But I thought, I knew that this is something the boys have done before. And I thought, well, let's just see how much it's going to cost me. Because obviously, if I was going to come back within the year, that's something I would have to fork out for. So the nearest place for me to go to was Cabana Bay, rather than going back to the parks. So I just walked through the pool, took the side entrance out, and it took me about eight minutes, ten minutes to get to Volcano Bay. Because once you get to the outside of Volcano Bay, you've got to walk down under an underpass and back up again. So it's actually a little bit further than it looks. But it's, it doesn't take long at all. Um, and it cost me $18 to upgrade my uh, my ticket that I had for Universal to an annual pass. Nice. So I, so I did it, just in case. <laughs> doesn't look like I'm going to use it, but that's not the point. You know, $18 versus you know another 200 quid mm. if i did come back so you know i, I either lose 18 dollars or uh, i'd have had to spend an extra 200 so there you go um so yeah so if you want to go to water parks and actually aventure is not a bad place to stay um in terms of that in terms of cost um it 
when we booked the holiday last year, it was about five quid more than staying at Cabana Bay. The prices seem to be pretty much on a par. You're looking at about £100, uh, £120 a night to stay here. So in American, that's what, about 150 maybe? Mm-hmm. ish 160 so it's it's not bad it's not bad at all i think in in, in the price range it, it's pretty good when you look at you know what it would cost you to stay further down on iDrive um you know it's pretty much comparable and this is a brand new hotel like all of these hotels are brand new so even though they've been open for you know this this one opened two years ago so okay it's not brand brand new but it still looks brand new if that makes sense. A lot of places you're going to stay at iDrive for a similar kind of price further away from Universal are probably not going to be as pristine. Um, They'll probably look a bit more tired than these hotels do. So that's something else to weigh in as well. Plus, you know, other advantages of these hotels, you get the early park admission, um, you get the free shuttle buses, um, like I mentioned. So, you know, there's reasons to really you know, consider these for your universal trip. Sounds good. So I'm not sure which hotel we're probably looking at. It's probably going to be Cabana Bay. Um, But um, yeah, I I liked Aventura. It wouldn't be my my first choice, I said, to, to stay there again over some of the other ones, but that's more because I found it a bit too serious at times. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Like, you know, for the price point, I would stay here again over a lot of hotels. Um, it's very good value. It's very clean. Um, staff are great. Food options are great. Drink choices or bar options are great. Um, location lets it down a little bit, but you've still got good ways of getting to the parks. So, yeah, I think it's a solid, solid uh, entry, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely on my list. Had that, um, and then the summer not coming cheaper. That's where I would have been staying for sure. Yeah, it'll be so it'll be interesting when you go there and we talk about that um, to you know find out with the money you save versus like the distance and stuff like that. Whether it's still worth it. Um, yeah, but we'll find out. In it's, time. About, it's about a half hour walk, I think, if you want to walk it from end of summer. Okay. Okay. Not too bad. Right, you lucky people. This is a segment we don't get to do as often as we'd like to. But because Mr Ripley's here, I think it's only fitting that we go and have a look at some of the latest rumours about Universal. So, we've teased this for long enough. Mm -hmm. Um, Mr Ripley. Yes. You've got a bit of... Well, I'll let you describe it. Uh, It's a rumour that's not a rumour because it's factual. But it's a rumour, but it's not factual. Does that make sense? I mean, compared to some of the stuff I say, I mean, (laughs) you know, possibly. Okay, right. What it is, I was forwarded some information uh, from a good source of mine and... I've checked it out with a few other sources of mine that don't know each other. And this appears to be a thing that they are, are planning in the what they call the marquee events department within Universal Orlando. So they are looking 
to bring a hard-ticketed after-hours event, which should slot in between uh, Halloween Horror Nights and the Christmas stuff. That's what I'm being told. And the this hard-ticket event is themed around Pokemon. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, I... Uh... I yeah. just spoiled my new desk. Well, yeah. well, we, Mr. Ripley and myself were speaking about this yesterday or the day before. Mm-hmm. And when you told me what it was, what did I say to you? Yeah. <laughs> Ryan uh, is going to mess himself. So at the risk of ruining your new office, Ryan, do you want me to read the information that I have here? Yeah, no, just trust me, the office, I, I think I just ruined the office, so... Okay. Um, After Dark at Universal Studios Florida, Pokemon Go Fest, and a a new hard-ticket event, joined trainers to help Professor Willow complete a new special research quest and encounter more than 70 species of Pokemon while enjoying all of your favourite rides and attractions at the theme park throughout the night. Trainers can interact with the Pokestops throughout the park battle other trainers in the gym and hang out with their Pokemon team in themed lounges distributed in hidden locations. At the end of the night, celebrate your captures with a Pikachu dance party. Uh, Extra hours, blah, 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 blah. Plan to run from 6 until 10 p.m. Please note that uh, virtually all rides and attractions are planned to be open. And then some of the potential uh, Pokemon stuff that they're looking to do. Uh, new Pokemon beta testing of the next generation of Pokemon to be released. Real life physical rotating Pokestops with misting fans and charging stations. A real life display of the in-app virtual stops. Pokemon themed food offerings. In-game avatar gear. Universal themed outfits with Pokemon Go app specially designed for the event. Nighttime show, watching a closing ceremony featuring pyrotechnics and all your favourite Pokemon characters. Digital connect mirror, special mirror to see yourself and in-app buddy. Pokemon Go team plush keychain shirts, merchandise special for the event. Lure activation, music, sound, video projections to indicate lure has been dropped and Pokemon is approaching. Virtual Pokestops, only shown on Pokemon Go mobile app. Real-life physical rotating. Oh, we've had that one. And that's it. I mean, I think my favourite thing of that press release is mm-hmm. you knew about 2% of what you were saying. Yeah, I know literally 2%. This is how you know I haven't made this up, because I haven't got a clue what I'm talking about. You're, you're like, uh, Pokemon, uh, Pikachu, Pikachu. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm literally like David Frost trying to talk about, like, take that or something. I have no idea. Uh, Pokestops from Pokemon, yes. Does this sound plausible, right? Yes, it does. It basically sounds like um, some of the other um, Pokemon Go meetups and events that have happened around the world, but it sounds like with some more physical elements added in and some cool merchandise... Um, and rides. I mean, essentially, you can do most of that in the park during the day. So you can still play Pokemon Go and 
go to the virtual mm. stops and battle other trainers, but it's the physical elements and the shows and the dance party and merchandise, I think, that, that really stand out there. Yeah, yeah the, the other sh- thing shows I did and read, stuff sound really good. Yeah, the other thing I did read uh, that wasn't on there, I, I, I did print it off, but it was something to do with... Um, because obviously you have to catch these characters, so they're going to have their own special characters for you to catch around the park. Um, and then they have to, again. I'm just remembering this from what I read. Something to do with different eggs that are exclusive to Universal. Just makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you can only get a certain type of, I don't know, evolved Pikachu. I don't know. Um, from this event might that attract the real hardcore pokemon go completists who want to come and get it yeah i reckon so i reckon they rather than being unique pokemon that probably be as you as you guessed probably variants like color variants and things right 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 um so okay. there'll be a specific type of egg that will hatch into like a blue pikachu or whatever yeah yeah I mean, this, yeah, sounds, this sounds very much like, you know, we talked about Nintendo earlier. It's obviously opening up in Japan this year. Um, it, it sounds like Universal just trying to get that Nintendo fever going mm. sooner rather mm. than later. I mean, the from what we've seen in the land so far, they seem very uh, Mario-centric. Um, mm. I don't, have you seen that video in Japan, Chris, of the... Um, the, the building with the clouds mm, moving. I have, yeah. yeah. Um, again, very, very Mario-like. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if this is dipping the toe in the water to see how popular Pokemon is and maybe adding some more Pokemon bits to that land when it opens up. I, You know, I, yeah. I, I don't know. But the thing is, as, as Ryan will attest, you know, Pokemon has been around now for, what, 20... 20, years. 21 years uh, 23 years it's 97 wasn't it yeah yeah so you know it's still almost as popular today as it was back then yeah you know, when it first launched, yeah. it, was, it was yeah. huge and then yeah. three or four years ago had that massive resurgence with pokemon go yeah and well still a thing yeah completely completely to put things into perspective so i'm 28 so 97 was like like Pokemon was, I was the perfect age for it. This year, I've bought the the new game on the Nintendo Switch, and I'm currently rewatching uh, the Pokemon series from the very beginning. So, this is a uh, a great announcement from Universal, and I think very much what you were saying. This is a precursor to them thinking about how much Pokemon presence do we actually want to put in Epic Universe. And personally, I think they'd be bonkers not to put at least some presence in there. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think. I mean, would you build a vacation around this event? Um, it depends. I don't really play Pokemon Go a great deal, but Mm. if the show is good enough and there were some meet and greets and um, the merchandise was good enough, then I would consider. I would consider personally going over there for it. Yeah. I never really got. I played Pokemon Go for a bit, but it, it, I didn't stick with it long term, just because it's more of a time issue than anything else. But yeah, if the event outside of Pokemon Go was had some good elements to it, I'd definitely go. Is there any indication when yeah. it's happening? 
Well, as I've said, my source said that, that he believed it was something to fill a very small window between Halloween Horror Nights finishing and Christmas. But again, I don't know. I mean, the same source was the guy that told me about the uh, Halloween Horror Nights uh, running events. And what happened there was it basically took two years before it happened. And then it didn't happen Halloween Horror Nights. It happened, as we've seen just recently. So it seems like these things take quite a long time to percolate to the surface and, and not always necessarily exactly how they've originally planned. I mean, Japan opens its Nintendo Land this summer. So mm. it would make sense for them to be able to do something almost across parks. Yeah. Although it's the other side of the world, like, it would still be a great tie-in. Because, it, you know, Orlando will also have Nintendo at some point. It's just not ready yet. Um, the, the thing is, the thing is, if you look at it from a business point of view, they've spent an absolute bloody fortune doing this partnership, and Orlando's got nothing to show for it. Yeah. So this could be a very quick win to bring some Nintendo content to Orlando. Yeah. Yeah, you I know, agree. Because they've got the rights, you know, do it. I wonder. I wonder if they might try and do it before Halloween Horror Nights, because. I don't know. I mean, Halloween Horror Nights is running until the second of November this year. Mm. Well, the, the thing is, the thing is, the best way of looking at it is, is if they start moving their event calendar around. Once you see them start jumbling things up, moving stuff, that's when you know something's coming. Yeah. Um, because that's historically what they've always done. So at the moment, I'm not seeing them move anything. Um, but I mean, are there any genuine gaps? I mean, Christmas stuff must come do they wait until thanksgiving no or do they have it before that no they have it before that it's, it's normally a week 10 days after halloween horror nights finishes they start yes yeah, so it's not it's not really much of a gap then is it so no. I, I don't see this being an event that they could they continually run though i would imagine this they do like this over a weekend or something and that's it yeah and mm. six till ten uh, isn't a particularly late night, so it's only talking about the park opening for an extra few hours, isn't it? Yeah, at that time of year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe so it would be would probably be an off season then time of year. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, I'd say. So it'd lend itself to a November or a, uh, I mean, what June, uh, May? Is that off season still? Yeah. So- I would say if if the Pokemon Go are going to release a new the next gen of Pokemon on there, that would tend to happen over the summer. Mm. So it depends how if they tie in with that or not. Mm. Maybe just before Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe it's kind of like a late summer thing. Mm. Or what about those? What about the nights when Halloween Horror Nights isn't on? Yeah. Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday. What about yeah, Pokemon yeah. themed uh, Halloween Horror Nights house? Confirmed. Oh. <laughs> 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 say Game of Thrones for gate. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, we will bring you more news on this as it's announced. But you've heard it here. Yeah. Literally heard it here first. So it's like a it's like an official unofficial leak. Put it that way. Yeah. So thank you very much for sharing that with us, Mister Ripley. Um, I have one other little tidbit of rumour, if you'd like that as well. Go on in. 
What's this? What's this other rumor? Well, it's not really a rumor. It's just a little tidbit of stuff that I'm hearing. That there's rumblings. I wouldn't say it's. You can hear my holy. stomach from here. Oh, it's, sorry. <laughs> it's rumblings that the. Um, oh my god, the restaurant's name has just gone out of my head. Um, the the restaurant that's opposite um, the uh, Monster Makeup Show. Mills Dying? No. No, the other one. La Bamba. Okay. Which is typically used as a VIP, RIP lounge. Um, I've had it from a couple of people that they've heard snippets, tidbits of information that possibly Universal have been in there doing very detailed measurements and surveys in there. That possibly that lounge area, that restaurant, may be used for something other than just being a lounge. Academy of Villains for Halloween Horror Nights? Uh, well, I, not a show. I mean, the actual inside of the restaurant. Yeah, I was going to say, just a very small show. <laughs> now, whether that means that it might be a house location, I don't know. Um, oh. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. But, you know, it does serve its purpose pretty well as a VIP lounge. Well, because there's not, there's not many places they can have VIP lounges, is there? You've got no. the AP lounge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got that... Um, what's, what's, the, what's the building in between the two sound stages? They oh, use the, the VIP lounge. Yeah. Got the Amex lounge. The one they that they do use, yeah, well, the one they do use, which is quite big, is that Fisherman's Wharf restaurant thing that's opposite where um, Earthquake used to be. <laughs> you can't bring yourself to say Fast and Furious, can no, you? No, I, I, I will be so dead before I acknowledge that as an attraction. I mean, it's quite famously, I mean, even with me, it's the worst attraction I think I've ever been on in my life. And, I, and I'm including UK's rides in that. Oh, I, I mean, what I what I did learn is that you need to be going on there at the right time with the right people because I had an absolute blast. But had I gone on that at ten o'clock on a on a Thursday morning, I would have been pissed. We had a really good party atmosphere on that bus because everyone was lit. But that's the point. You're meant to be on the party bus. Yeah, yeah, that's it. If if everyone's like drunk and kind of bouncing around in the seats, it's quite a fun experience. But yeah, of course the ride is garbage. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I don't think I don't think I'd ever been in that restaurant actually. It's, it's co- is really... it kind of like behind Richterberger? Yeah, it's behind Richterberger. I mean, yeah. it's very rarely open. Very rarely. Right. And the theming is very odd. It's probably themed to some random nineteen seventies film we've never heard of. But um, it, it's very big in there. And it's got an upstairs level as well, I believe. So, you, so you, you're saying they could probably use that as a lounge and use this other space as something else? As something else. You know, I, I mean, I'm not saying it is. A, or, or, you know, I'm not saying it is. It's just information that people have seen, you know, lots of detailed work going on in there. Because um, normally, I think most of the time, it's shut to the public now. I don't think they open it very often. But... 
it does have a full service kitchen in there. So that's why it's great for a lounge because they can prepare all the buffet food in there. I mean, you know, I'm trying to think, are there any, are there any houses that aren't tents or sound stages? Traditionally? Uh, well, they used to have one in uh, Sting Alley. There used to be one in there quite frequently, but then when they put the Starbucks in there, that took all the space away. And that was a shame because that was a really good location for a uh, haunted house. They, when I went, that's where they used the chainsaw gang, I think. Yeah, so they'll have scare zones there now. Yeah. But what I mean was is you actually used to actually go into those buildings. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so you'd start off in Sting Alley. Um, the queue might be sort of like the uh, Transformers end. And then you would sort of snake around inside those buildings and you'd be outside in a courtyard, then you'd go inside the buildings and you'd come back out into the courtyard and then they would dump you in Sting Alley at the end. Yeah. It used to be called um, Nazamans, Nazamans. Hmm. I mean, all I can think when I go through Fast and Furious is that would make a really good uh, area to make a house. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure I'm sure they will because no one's got a bloody queuing in it. <laughs> I, do you know what? I, so when much I, space. So much when space. I, when I did my RIP tour last year, it was quite late in the season, and I said to the tour guide, I said, how often do you get requests to... Uh, take your private tours into that building and he said once since it's been built have I done that wow mm. it just takes up so much room that I don't thing. know what what made them think yeah we're going to need a big queue for this one well I do I can tell you why because the Fast and Furious is Universal's biggest franchise right now you know, if you if you yeah, look at if you look at terms of of what they release and what grosses the most money, those Fast and Furious films have been huge. Now, they have been huge. Even I've seen the trailer for the latest one and thought this might be a step too far. I mean, other than well, them is, going is, to is space, it Moonraker is it? No, no. Well, no. That's what we was. <laughs> I think what we was hoping for, but no, it's still it's still on planet Earth. But um, man with a golden car. This one, this one introduces um, Big Match John Cena as uh, Vin Diesel's brother. That's never been mentioned in any of the previous uh, nine films. Um, so that's just a bit bizarre. Uh, the stunts just look a little bit too like OTT, which is ludicrous. I, I, and I think he's in it as well. But um, because those <laughs> films, <laughs> those films have obviously made their name on big stunts and everything like that, but. I think they're running a little bit out of ideas. There's supposed to be 10 films in the, in the series. The 10th one is supposed to be the last one. And I kind of hope that that's true because I think now it's going to be diminishing returns. But when they were building that attraction, they, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if when they originally decided that was going to be Fast and Furious, whether they knew they were going to have to redo the the Hollywood attraction or not. Because that was the most bizarre thing to me when I found out that's what it was. Because it's a huge piece of land they've taken out. You know, that was what earthquake and Beetlejuice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there. Um, so they took all of that out, and then they've 
essentially taken a bit of the Hollywood tram tour and mm-hmm. extended it a little bit. And the film footage, I mean, one, we've already, we've already talked about how crap the film footage is, but the film footage was based, I think, from Fast and Furious 6, which would have come out in 2011. No, I think that's I think that's wrong. I think the film footage was based on uh, the video game Driver, which came out in the late nineties on PlayStation One. <laughs> I didn't talk about the quality of the graphics, <laughs> but in terms in terms of the characters, it it was like Fast and Furious Six, and I said I can't remember what year it came out. But what I do know is by the time the ride opened up in Orlando, they were about to release Fast and Furious Eight. At which point, some of the villains in that in ride were now good guys. Do you know what I mean? That's that's how ridiculous it is that they couldn't even be bothered to refilm it better and make the storyline more appropriate to what was coming out. It, it's just a weird, weird hodgepodge. I mean, if they can't even be bothered to make the rock you know, the correct size in comparison to a helicopter, then they're really not <laughs> going to care about the story, are they? Well, the rock in real life is bigger than a helicopter. I think that's that's well established. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think, um, but yeah, it just, like you know, for for me, when they said they were going to take up all that space, I thought we was going to get Fast and Furious test track. Rock yeah, and exactly. Yeah, a coaster of some kind. It certainly so they had was the not space. Be. That's what I mean. They, they had, had the, the space money. To do it. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why didn't they do that? It's a little bit like when a football club gets investment from like a rich oil baron. So this little yeah. league football club all of a sudden has like a multi-billionaire owner and you think, oh my God, this football club's going places. And then rather than spend the money on actually making the team decent, they just make the stadium a bit bigger. That's yeah. what this feels a little bit like. As you say, they had the budget, they had the space and what they did is they just put something in really cheaply, probably to siphon some of that money off into other projects. And we know, you know, obviously Jurassic uh, Park is going to get a new coaster over that part of the island and all that. But it just feels really weird that we got how, another crappy Hollywood tram tour attraction. How can the same company that makes Fast and the Furious, Jimmy Fallon you know, these other attractions that they're doing also be the same company that makes Hagrid's. How can that yeah. even be possible? Absolutely, absolutely baffling. Um, I mean, the I animatronics and Hagrid's, I think the animatronics department still needs some uh, some, some Disney magic. But uh, yeah, I, Hagrid's the, is, is absolutely incredible. The animatronics, to... the animatronics team were busy making 67 animatronics for... Uh, Think yeah. life of pets. Exactly, that's what that's, it was. That's a rush out, Hagrid. Hey, actually, if you look closely, Hagrid is uh, a giant duck, uh, duck chant that they have just uh, put a big cloak over. Um, yeah, it, it, it's bizarre, right? Um, you know, the bonkers, Jurassic, absolutely bonkers. The Jurassic Park, Jurassic World coast of the building sounds ridiculous, and again, mm. sounds like a top tier attraction, like Hagrid. So. Mm. Yeah, why? I mean, look, I suppose when they were building it, Universal were like screens are everything, screens are money. Now mm. they've realised that, that that's not the case, and now we're starting to get attractions that aren't like that. Um, mm. 
But I honestly, I think I think I've mentioned this before. When they build an attraction, traditionally in theme park world, um, mm. they expect that to last twenty years. That's the investment. The initial investment on a, on an attraction is because that's going to be there for twenty years. Mm. And if you look at attractions, like most attractions do last around twenty years, yeah, if not longer. Um, I mean, Kong, that must have been about twenty years, wasn't it? No, look at Spider Man, Hulk, fifteen. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, like those attractions are still there from from opening. Um, they're just over twenty years old now. Um, Earthquake was there for almost twenty years. Um, so yeah, it's about the life cycle of of most attractions. I cannot see Fast and Furious lasting that amount of time. I can't see it lasting ten, if I'm being honest. It's it's too big a space with too much of a crap attraction. They'll get Epic Universe done and then close it, I think. Yeah, you're probably right. So, question then. Question. Steve, yeah, question. Steve Burke, who has been like Bob Iger's rival for years when they were at Disney together, and he since went on to run the Comcast company, he's the one that's been funneling all this money into the parks to get them up to scratch because he comes from that sort of background. You know, a sort of Michael Eisner type of character. He's now stood down. You've now got uh, a guy called Brian Roberts taken over. He's more of an accountant. That's his background. Um, and Steve Burke is, as of August this year, fully retired and left. So how's that going to affect Universal going forward? Well, I think we saw when Eisner left and Iger took over, they want to make their stamp, right? Mm. That that was kind of what happened, you know. Eisner was involved in all of these kind of big projects, um, and Disney's California Adventure and all that kind of stuff. And then Iger came in and immediately wanted to make his mark. Yeah, with attractions. So, it, did he though? Um, well, all he's done is bought franchises. Has he actually done much in the theme parks apart from in the last couple of years? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can argue that, but I mean, <clears throat> you know, Pandora. Um, you know, Flight of Passage was a game-changing attraction. Oh, I think same... that's um, that's just down to Joe Rody being given the freedom of doing whatever the hell he wants. Oh, about walking I mean, look, it, it comes yeah. down to who's involved. That's also why it took forever. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, the thing is, it does it does also depend on who you've got creatively there. Because mm-hmm. if you've got somebody there that's like, I know what this ride uh, needs, screams. And that's all they do, then it's not going to work. Mm. But we've seen with Hagrid, um, you know, with this new uh, Jurassic Park ride or Jurassic World ride that they're doing, I'm hearing rumors about that as well. That are they going to retheme the whole area for Jurassic World when this new coaster opens? Well, they did mm. it, they've done it for Hollywood, haven't they? They're well, they, they did adventure. the ride, they did the ride at Hollywood, they redid the ride at Hollywood. Um, and they they just announced in the last. <laughs> did you hear Chris Pratt's comments on Jurassic World three? That mm-hmm. it's the uh, Avengers Endgame of Jurassic Park. Oh Christ! Yeah, because everybody because turns up. <laughs> everyone's back. Alan Grant's yeah. back. Uh, Ellie's back. Uh, Ian Malcolm will be back. Um, the kids will be back. Um, apparently, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so. It would kind of make sense if... Asper's not back, is he? 
Yeah. Where's the Iron Man we need? David. David Attenborough's going to make his acting debut. Oh, they're just <laughs> CGI if they have to. Exactly. I'll, I'll do the accent for him because he can't even do a Scotch accent. So. No, he can't. Hey, I went to see <laughs> I went to see Doolittle the other day. Danny Junior can't do a Welsh accent either. Oh, I don't know why you bothered saying that. The, wor- the worst, the worst thing about that film is that Danny Junior does an awful Welsh accent, whilst Michael Sheen, the amazing Welsh actor, did an impeccable English accent. Can you imagine what what Sheen was thinking the entire way through that movie? Yes. I wonder how many houses I can buy with this wage pack. (laughs) (laughs) The good old Michael Caine phrase. Michael Caine philosophy. (laughs) Um, Because I bet that's what he was thinking. Uh If he wasn't, uh, God only knows. Um, But, you know, we're seeing with Hagrid's Super Jurassic uh, Park, they're building attractions now that aren't screen-based. They've realised that that isn't the way forward. So whether they've changed people creatively, um, I don't know, or whether they're just giving them like this new mantra that you can't just rely on screens. But whoever comes in has got to repair some of that damage. I think I think both Universal and Disney have got this, have almost got the same problem at the minute. I think I, Iger is winding down. Um, Chapek needs to go from from Disney, and you need someone coming in that. Actually, like like I, you need an Eisner in his early years to be fair to come in and absolutely just reinvent those parks. I mean, Universal have got it are going to have it a bit easier because they've got a whole new hundred percent, and it looks. I mean, everything we've seen from it so far feel. looks stunning. And fill it with. But what if this new guy comes in? The time. He's an accountant. A, you know, goes, they've got a lot riding on this new third gate. They really do. But, but what but if he comes think, in? You know, I mean, what, what do you say, Chris? Six billion dollars investment. Well, this is what concerns me because if the new guy comes in and he thinks, you know, build it and they will come anyway, then might he say, well, actually, do we need to spend loads of money on this park? We just we just phone it in like Disney did in the eighties with MGM Studios. I I don't think they can afford to, can they? Because I think Disney are at this crucial time. Mm. This has got a lot long, got a way bigger direction than I thought it was going to. But the thing is, you look at Disney now, I have never seen so many guests um, angry at Disney. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's, yeah. It's and I mean, crazy. how many people do you, do you see on forums, on social media, complain about um, the hard ticket events? I mean, I, there was a big, I avoided it somehow, but there was a big row the other day over someone's tweet because she booked and it was a race weekend oh yeah yeah. Yeah. and i I didn't really see it but i saw the aftermath of it um you know disney are putting on more of these hard ticket events they've opened up the the biggest ride they've opened in potentially decades with rise of resistance and this whole new land and it's been filled with people (laughs) saying it's all great but you can't get on the attraction yeah um and also the costs keep rising you know we just had a price increase we've talked about the parking on this after dark that's gone up universal now for the first time ever regardless mm. of what they think this is the first time ever with this third gate they are a huge threat to disney because yeah. at the moment 
Universal, I mean, one of the things I love about Universal as it stands is the fact that you can, I can go there for the weekend and have an amazing weekend and get to go on all the attractions and get to do Halloween Horror Nights and come home. I couldn't do that going to Disney. And also for the, for the, for the cost as well, Universal is still seen as a cheap alternative financially. And I'm seeing more and more people going to Orlando and not going to Disney. And if Universal can get this right with this, this third park, they can really take a huge chunk from Disney, I think. I completely agree. Completely agree. Mm. Well, I, I like your positivity. I just fear... <laughs> I just fear, knowing what these big corporates are like, that they won't give a monkeys about any of this. Like, Disney doesn't give a monkeys about any of that. And we'll just go, ah, we're we'll phoning it in, sod it. Oh, no, you, 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 you're, you're right. Of course, mm. that could be what happens. But what I'm saying is, is that this is the first time they've got the ability to actually damage Disney and to actually become a major force in theme parks. Yeah. What they've got to decide, and, and this is the problem now when you're owned by a big corporate, mm. is is that where they want to go? Now, we've been talking privately about streaming services, right? Disney Plus, and you've got, is it mm-hmm. is it called Peacock? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you've got Peacock, which is the NBC one. and Obviously, NBC is universal. So at the moment, streaming is the next big thing. That is mm. what everyone is is being driven to streaming mm. streaming streaming so do you want to continue relying on what has been your big money maker for all those years which is tv and try and make that a success when there's probably more competition than ever before or do you go actually you know what theme parks make an awful lot of money if we invest mm. in that and make this like the new disney because look, regardless, Disney theme parks have been like world famous, world beating, most popular over the last sixty years. Mm. That has been their, that has been Disney's thing. They have cornered that market. Everybody else is a pretender to that throne. No one. They yeah. are the king of the hill. They are not. No one's been able to take that away. Universal. True got into Orlando, wanted to kind of disrupt Disney with, let's face it, a half ass park when that first opened. It was a half ass park. And then they ironed Open Islands, which made it a big contender, but still nowhere near Disney levels. So now they've got the ability, they've got the, the land to actually really disrupt Orlando and possibly take that crown away. But they have to go all in, mm. and that's that's what they've got to decide. Do we keep chasing this streaming thing and TV, where you know people are cutting the cord, and with all of these different streaming services, people have got to make decisions and blah blah blah. Do we focus on that, or do we now focus our company in a different direction and try and take that over instead, steal that crown from Disney? If it was Steve Burke running the firm, I'd say yes, because he's got a personal vendetta against Bob Iger. But new guy accountant, you know what accountants are like. Yep. 
Bubba and your bloody cardigans. <laughs> I mean, fair play to him though. I've never seen a man look so fashionable in a cardi. Never seen me in a cardi then. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do. I do wear cardis. Um, it, it'll be interesting. The next, the, the next five to ten years is going to be fascinating for the theme park fan. Yeah, it's whether taking but, your point. It's whether they do the gamble and go for it, really. Because I I agree. I think that they definitely could hit a massive uh, chunk out of Disney's market share for that market. It's just whether they're brave enough to do it, I think, and not just phone it in and do another epoxy Fast and Furious park. Yeah, but they've got to. They've got to do it. They've they've mm. got to invest. And they've got to get the best people and the best ride technology. Um, and and I suppose really IPs. Well, also don't forget that they took Mike Aiello off of his baby, which is having Horror Nights and the Marquee events, and they've put him onto this new park. So they've obviously got the best people in the room doing the management of it. Um, I mean, a, a friend of mine said that he was at the water cooler, which happened to be next to one of the meeting rooms, and Mike was pitching something to an outside vendor, an outside IP owner. Mm-hmm. He didn't know who it was, but he said, oh, my God, I would definitely sign on the dotted line if, if I was in that meeting and I was being pitched to by him because what he was saying and the way he was saying it was just so amazing that they could not sign for Universal, you know? So if Mike stays in that role and carries on doing what he knows best, then you've got a lot of things to be hopeful for. If you find out tomorrow that, oh, actually, Mike's actually going back to Halloween Horror Nights now, then you should really worry about the, what that part will look like. Yeah. I think, you know, the fact that they already have Nintendo is huge. Like, we should not underestimate the power and influence Nintendo has on families. Mm. It's massive. Almost, you know, most people that I know that have kids, they have a Nintendo Switch in their house. Their kids know who Mario is. Their kids play Pokemon kids know Donkey Kong is who Link and Zelda are the powers that they they could really push with those IPs I mean they've got several IPs in one under one name there and if they if they do it right the Nintendo name alone is enough to 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 make Disney a little bit worried Mm. You're right. I, I really, when I first talk, were talking about Nintendo, I was like, do people really care? I did not see that three, four years ago. But Nintendo is still huge. As you say, Ryan, yeah. like, you know, we've got a Switch. We bought a Switch because my son is obsessed with Mario Kart in the arcade. So we bought Mario Kart for home. Mm-hmm. Um, they now know the characters. I know it's not the same, but, you know, at the moment, Sega is now uh, back in the news. Sonic the Hedgehog has been a huge hit. It's not a universal film. And I'm Sega surprised and me to see Sonic there. Well, that's the thing. Sega and Nintendo were rivals for a long time, but like Paramount aren't doing anything with theme parks really at the moment. I know there's rumours, but there's always rumours with Paramount. Um, I could see them cutting a deal with, with Sega, purely because the, the, the relationship between Sega and Nintendo now is so good. If yep. they see how 
good Nintendo Land is when it opens in Japan, Sega should be chomping at a bit to get in on that as well. Um, yeah, I, I, honestly, I don't that. think we should rule out other games companies. Um, oh. Xbox, um, potentially even PlayStation, why would they not want to get involved in that? This epic universe and, and universe in general is a, a park that, yes, can be kid-friendly, as Nintendo will demonstrate, but also does very well with young and old adults. And I think having Xbox branded attractions or even um sony branded playstation branded attractions now sony is probably more unlikely given the rivalry in the film industry but certainly microsoft and, and xbox would i'm sure would jump at the chance to have attractions in universal yeah and said, look we've got dreamworks we've got universal monsters which is all but now guaranteed right chris well, I mean, they can't even occupy a bloody gift shop. So, I mean, are they going to create a whole <laughs> land for it? So, I don't know. No, I, th- I think I think they will. And I think the the problem is is that they're almost not going in too hard at the moment because what's the point? They can't put yeah, anything yeah. in Universal. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm joking. But at the end of the day, the the new management in the last, you know, however long the, the new guy's been there now, it's been all been about using their own IP. So if their own IP is monsters, they're going to have loads of monsters in that part. And can you, Chris, use this platform as we wrap up this episode with mm. what they should be bringing back to Epic Universe? Uh, Jaws. Yeah. Without doubt. Without frigging doubt. Apparently, their customer services get this question all the time. Where is Jaws? Why is Jaws not here? When you're bringing Jaws back. <laughs> you, you know what's, do you know what's interesting? And I shared this with you the other day, didn't I? Yeah. That this year, we have got Jaws figures coming out yeah. and Back to the Future figures coming out. Yeah. <laughs> so both of those things, even though there's no new films, even though there's no reboots being planned, and apparently will never be planned, those films are still big. People still want those films. You don't even have to bring back the original attractions. You can make a brand new Back to the Future themed coaster. <laughs> if I said I'd to like you, to see... you're going right. I was going to say I like. I'd like to see a dark ride that featured almost like a, a Halloween Horror Nights style maze. Not perhaps not quite as intense. But on a, where, where you go through on a ride vehicle, like the great movie ride of Universal Classic Monsters that also mm. in, includes Jaws. Yeah. How incredible just would some, that be? Just something like that would definitely be enough. Definitely. Mm. Definitely. But, I mean, if, so, if I said to you, right, I'm going to go and remake Jaws with Universal's permission and we're not going to use any CGI, we're going to make another animatronic shark, it would be a huge hit because everybody would want to go and see it, wouldn't they? Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, in the same way that that film still has legendary status now, of course. Yeah. So it's a no-brainer. They will eventually remake it or make another sequel. They will, just they will, happen. They will remake Back to the Future once uh, Bob Gale is no longer with us. Oh, yeah. That, that's yeah. the reason they're not doing a remake now is because they are basically not allowed to. Yeah, that's it. I hope that he takes that... that um that contract to his grave. 
Did you see? Did you see a deep fake of Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Tom Holland? Yeah. yeah. Wow. 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 We were. Yeah, that's love, what we're missing, basically. Yeah. I love deep I'm fakes because they freaked my wife out. <laughs> <laughs> really messed with her head. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're getting a Back to the Future musical opening up in a few weeks. Oh yeah. Um, that's coming to London later this year. Open up in Manchester. Um, Back to the Future is still is still popular, so they would be mad not to do it. Um, and I think they should really go back into their history and use Epic Universe to bring back some of the things that they either have done before and taken away, or or even not done really from their back catalogue. I think there's a lot of love for it, which they don't seem to have realised. Um, so I think there should yeah. be a mixture of Universal, yeah. uh, DreamWorks, and a few IPs. And I think yeah, I mean, that would be a success. If, if Disney can remake any of their stuff and not give a, a monkeys, what's, whatever, you know what I mean? If they can go back and piss all over anything the wall done, for money and make money out of it. Then Universal with Mr. Accountant is going to be like, hell shit, let's make another Jaws. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But you're right. Mm. right. By the way, just before we go, the Back to the Future musical tickets, they're cheap if you want to go and see it in Manchester. Are they 1955? Uh, a, lot, a lot of them are, actually. <laughs> I don't go north of the river. Yeah, they, they uh, will not be those prizes when it comes down to London. <laughs> 84 is another one. There's uh, some, some good little, nice little callbacks in the pricing. Nice, nice. Um, right, we'll wrap this episode up with the, the longest rumour segment we've ever had. I love <laughs> it. It was worth waiting. I love it. Oh my God, wasn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> um, but... Mr. Ripley, Ryan, thank you so much for, for joining me. Um, Amanda, thank you. thank you for swinging by. Um, I like the fact that she's she's probably appeared on about a quarter of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but but plug, 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 please go and listen to Amanda and I's other podcast, the Halloween Half Hour. You won't regret it. Well, only if you're an idiot. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't like really horror, I mean, I get a lot of feedback from people that say, oh, I don't really like horror, but I really like your podcast. So please go download your, your, your do you enjoy. Plug, do you want to plug the latest episode? Uh, In particular? Yeah. The latest episode. <laughs> oh, the latest episode. Oh, my God. Um, I'll tell you Ooh, after. Actually... Yeah, I was going to say plug the latest episode because that's the Hitchcock one. But mm. do you instead want to after what you've been talking yeah. about? Plug, plug the Jaws one. Yeah, plug the Jaws one. We and, that, and that's been my favourite, I think, so far with Joe Alves, who was the guy that actually designed and built the animatronic shark, and then he was also the actual director of Jaws 3D um, when it was filmed in SeaWorld in Orlando. And he has this really great story where he said that um, is it Sid Sheinberg who was the CEO of uh, MCA at the time. Uh, he came down to wash uh, to watch the dailies as they were coming in in the evenings of the production of Jaws 3D at SeaWorld. And standing in the Shamu Stadium, he uh, said to Joe House, see all that shrub land, that marshy, horrible, gator-infested land over there? 
we're going to build a theme park over there. <laughs> I mean, this was what, 1970? Uh, no, this would have been... The 80s? 82, mate. I think Jaws 3D came out in 83, so you're probably looking at 81, 82-ish, maybe. Gosh, your film knowledge is good. Uh, or embarrassing, um, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, 83. So, yeah, it probably would have been 82. So he actually said, we are going to make a theme park out there, build it, and they will come. And they did. So stories like that, you won't get it elsewhere. And we do burst bubbles. For example, the fact that everyone says the shark didn't work, and that was the reason why Spielberg filmed it in the way in which he did. Pack of lies. Joe said the shark worked fine from day one. It was always designed to be like that. It was designed to be Hitchcocky and a feel full of suspense. Yeah, I don't... I I mean, obviously, I didn't work on Jules, but that, to me, seems quite obvious. Yeah, but a lot but, of people think it was the other way around. Yeah. Um, and we actually have a guest coming up who we've interviewed already that actually says it was the other way around, so we're sort of like, oh, did we tell him? No, no, we won't. <laughs> was it Was it Mario Van Peebles? <laughs> No, I don't know who that is. Is he a Pokemon trainer? Uh, yes, yes. He, he starred in Jaws for the Revenge and then became a Pokemon trainer. Oh, this time it's personal. This time it's personal. Mm. Recording it live from Michael Caine's... Um, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew he going to say that. Because <laughs> that is literally where that quote came from. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, obviously it, it's part of the network. Um, I mean, you're, you are allowed to listen to podcasts outside of the network as well, but... No. That, well, I've got to say that because I've got to sound like I'm friendly, right? But we all know mm. that's not the case. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it, it's a fantastic podcast with two of the greatest people on the network. Um, oh, thank you so, so much. Um, and if you want something a bit more lowbrow, <laughs> you can go and listen to The Customer's Always <laughs> Weird with Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, our, our latest show is is the start of a new sub-series um, where we go and read out the worst reviews people have left for the films in the James Bond franchise, and we've aptly named it Bondage. So, uh, yeah, there's the difference in the two shows. Did it, did, it, did it start as somebody came up with a pun and then you had to work backwards onto what the show was going to be, or...? As with always, everything on Customer is Always Weird, I came up with the idea of doing the first Bond movie because I just listened to the the new song. And right. then halfway through the episode, Dan went, oh, Bondage, that would make a great series name. So we decided to do every film. It, it sounds like uh, Jason Bourne all over again. They just spelt James Bond wrong and then they just went with it. Yeah, exactly. I reckon, I reckon the Jason Bourne franchise was was signed off because um, it was a bit of a London Bridge, Tower Bridge situation where somebody wasn't reading the contract properly, and they thought they were Probably. getting the rights to James Bond. They didn't got it to Jason Bond. That's just speculation. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, that's, that is such a uh, what's his name? Um, the guy from Ghostbusters. Soap up, Marshmallow Man. No, no, from Groundhog Day, you know. Oh, Bill, Bill Murray. Bill Murray, because he's done that loads of times, hasn't he? Yeah. He signed on to do things and didn't realise they're actually for something else. Yeah. I think there's a famous one about Carfield like that as well, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you please. Um, and obviously, you know, if you want more theme park news, if you want the opposite of what we've been talking about tonight, Disaster Dark um, is no more. 
uh, unless you're a Patreon member for us. Um, Disney Parts and Beyond is our new show. And uh, an episode came out for that last week, and there'll be another episode of that next week. Because that's awesome. a bi-weekly show. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, go and discover all the amazing content we put out on the Afterlife Network. Um, most of it is wonderful. Some of it involves me, so, you know, peaks and troughs. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you to my wonderful guests. Thank you to my wonderful co-host who had to leave. Uh, and she will be back next week, uh, or next episode, as will I. And uh, we'll see you in March for another Universal After Dark. Happy nightmares. See ya. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.